Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized informative podcast designed to be listened to in the shower, but really, you can listen to it anywhere you want. My name is Taz Kelleher. And I'm Mark Solera. And the point of this podcast is that we answer the unanswerable questions of the world. We take those questions that have always hung out in the back of your mind going, why? And we do all the work so you don't have to, aiming to make you a more interesting person with a bigger, sexier brain. Listeners send in questions and we do our best to debunk them over the course of your shower. I suppose you could say... We broaden your mind while you wash your behind. Thus far, we've answered questions like... How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if woodchuck could chuck wood? Why does our hair turn grey? Why do you never see baby pigeons? And last week's episode, why do we have a dominant hand? All pressing, interesting and surprisingly fascinating questions. And this week is no different. What is this week's question, Mr. Mark Zolera? This week's question is an interesting one and one that when it got put in front of me, I thought was going to be silly, but it turned out to be incredible. The question is, what is the story of the pineapple? This week's question comes from a good buddy of mine, Will Lynch, who's an award-winning bartender and the ambassador for the delicious Slane Whiskey. Delicious. Delicious indeed. Um, so I was hosting the Irish Craft Cocktail Awards the other night and noticed that Will and several other bartenders had a pineapple pin on the lapel of their suits. And when I asked him, he just said, the pineapple is the fruit of hospitality and so much more. Look into it and let the people know. Ooh, how mysterious. Did you find anything interesting? Do pineapples have superpowers? Can they fly? Only when you lamp them at someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went into this expecting it to be the shortest episode of In the Shower of all time. The pineapple is a fruit that is tasty and yellow. The end. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> now, when I looked into it, I learned that what we would consider to be the humble pineapple used to be not so humble at all. Ooh, okay, so let's start from the beginning. Fado, Fado, where does the pineapple come from? Okay, so the pineapple, I presume that everyone knows the pineapple, so I don't have to tell you that it's a fruit. If you don't know a pineapple, how do you have a phone that you're listening to podcasts on? Like, seriously. So the pineapple originated in Brazil and Paraguay, um, and then the native population, who are experts in dugout canoes, um, spread it around Central America and the Caribbean, where it was farmed, traded, and harvested. Um, it was called anana, which roughly translated as excellent fruit and was used as a centerpiece in feasts and to make wine. No, pineapple wine. Pineapple wine. Now that sounds delicious. I know that usually we end the episodes on facts, but I'm just going to slip one in here. Okay. Literally every language in the world calls pineapple anana or ananas, except for English, which is pineapple. Yeah. Makes no sense. No, no. But anyway. This story starts to get interesting when none other than Christopher Columbus himself landed on the small island of Guadeloupe in 1493. So you're telling me that Christopher Columbus not only discovered the new world, but also the worst pizza topping of all time. You're damn right. And he called it the Piña del Indes. Can I have a go at that? Yeah. Piña del Indes. (laughs) Which translates as the pine of the Indies uh, Because he thought that it looked like a pine cone Um, And he thought that the texture was like an apple So pine, apple, apparently That's how the story goes But um, little did he know that when he would bring that back to Spain He'd cause a huge cultural shift in Europe Hang on, how could a piece of fruit cause a cultural shift? Right, hear me out So so old Christy, Christy Colombo Ate some pineapple in Guadeloupe And presumably lost his shit Because not only did nothing similar exist in Europe, but he'd probably never tasted anything like that in his entire life. So in his mind, 
bringing back a pineapple was as important as bringing back gold, spices, or the newly founded claims to the lands that had been inhabited for thousands of years, but that he had branded undiscovered and now Spanish. Yeah, that is a bit weird, isn't it? But what was the big deal about bringing a pineapple back? Like, why, why, why the significance? You have to imagine the time that Columbus lived in for a second. Um, it was fairly devoid of any kind of sweetness. That's just because you didn't exist back then, Marcus. Oh, shut up, you! <laughs> oh. Refined sugar... <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm blushing on a podcast. Um, refined sugar wasn't a thing yet. That rules out an alpaca haribo or something. And fruit was a very seasonal thing and generally not available to everyone like it is today. So when this intrepid celebrity explorer returned from overseas with this new mysterious fruit that exploded with sweetness when you shoved it in your gob, the world went fucking mental. And word spread quickly, and everyone wanted a slice of the action. You mean a slice of the pineapple? Oh, I do. Um, But basically, yeah, because pineapples couldn't be grown in the colder European climate they very quickly became the number one status symbol to the ruling class. And having a pineapple in your home then would be like having a Ferrari in your driveway now. Pineapples couldn't be grown in Europe, so getting them fresh and ripe was borderline impossible in the age of the sailboat, depending enormously on favourable temperatures and winds. This led to a big race to cultivate pineapples in Europe. That is crazy! The status symbol thing. Do you reckon it still carries any weight to haul a pineapple around today? I might make a hat out of one, or maybe a chain, shoes, earrings. The possibilities are endless. I'd actually like to see you just rocking a pineapple handbag. Listen, I, you know, leave it with me. That could be pre- that could be pretty cool. But like, honestly, like, I don't know how people don't know about this. This was like the equivalent of the space race of its time. Like the first pineapple cultivated in Europe, and it was fiercely contested, was in a in Holland in 1658. And after that, pineapple mania just grew and grew and grew. Like, so, huge hothouses called pineries, like, specifically built pineapple sheds, were popping up on the grounds of royal palaces all around Europe with what? the sole purpose of growing pineapples. I know! That's crazy! I know, and here's the even crazier thing to us. Instead of eating them, the wealthy would literally just carry them around with them all day until they began to rot. <laughs> just just so people could see them with the pineapples? So, like, pineapples were basically, like, the Yeezys of their day. Ah! That, like, they're flexing on people with their tropical fruit. Like, check, it was even possible to rent pineapples for events. What? I, again, just carry them around. Just mm-hmm. as a completely, like, a complete status symbol. Oh, it was, like, it was seen by some as royal privilege. That is crazy. Seriously, in in the British Museum, there's, there's a portrait of King Charles II. It's an official portrait that he posed for where he's being presented the first pineapple grown on English soil. What? Like, imagine that. That's like, you know when, like, you see lads taking selfies with bottles of champagne? Yeah. That was the equivalent in the day. That is crazy. No, but they were obsessed with pineapples. You know St. Paul's Cathedral in London? Of course. One of the spires is literally a pineapple. What? Next time you're in London, and any listeners um, who are in London, if you look around, you'll start to see pineapples as a motif because it was a sign of wealth and affluence. Jesus. So the civilization of the world is literally built around worshipping the pineapple. Were there gang wars to see who would produce the best fruit? How did it all happen? Actually, there pretty much fucking were. Stop. Yeah, by the end of the 18th century, especially in Britain, like who could grow the best pineapples was hotly contested. So lords and ladies were often hiring young boys to sleep in their boiling hot pineries to make sure that the pineapples were okay 
24-7. That is insane. It's crazy, like, isn't if you, it? If, you, if, the, if I got told that there was a queen hiring in a young boy to sleep in her quarters, I wouldn't think it was just to protect her pineapples. Was, you know. Was that like the job bridge of its days? Like pineapple interns, did they get paid? I don't know, but I'd say their payment was just to get to hang around pineapples. Like, who wouldn't want that? So were these pineries like greenhouses or how, how did it work? Not even, like they weren't even that fancy. Like they were ornamental brick houses heated and uh, like kind of a bit steamy to make it like the tropics. And they were really, they, when I say ornamental, I mean this was the age of the folly. So not only were they obsessed with pineapples, they were also obsessed with making completely non-functional, ridiculous buildings. Um, and if you guys are on Google Image, look up the Dunmore Pineapple, Right. The Earl of Dunmore built an 18-metre-high pineapple on the roof of his uh, of his pinery in Scotland. He was growing pineapples in Scotland, Taz. <laughs> I don't know if he was deep-frying them or what, but, it, like, that just makes no sense. Like, pineapples in Scotland. But why are, why are these eaters trying to grow pineapples in places they just wouldn't grow? I have no idea why they were trying to do this, Taz, but after a while, one entrepreneurial man called John Kidwell realised that there was serious money to be made from the pineapple industry. And around the year 1900, the first commercial pineapple plantations were established in Hawaii. Um, The commercialisation spread the availability of pineapples, then canning became common, and suddenly the pineapple wasn't just for the ruling classes anymore, but for the entire world to enjoy on hams, in fruit salads, and for some reason, on pizzas. Why pizzas? That could be a whole episode in itself. Why do pineapples... Go on pizzas. But that's why it's called the Hawaiian. Oh. Because the first commercial pineapple plantations were in Hawaii. That makes perfect sense. Still doesn't make sense to put pineapple on a pizza. No, it still doesn't. But you haven't really answered the question yet of why pineapple is the fruit of hospitality. Or why is this? Why is it the symbol of hospitality full stop? So in terms of the hospitality thing, any guest who was invited to a party where a whole pineapple was displayed knew that no expense was spared in guaranteeing that guest's enjoyment. It was this that made the crown fruit the highest symbol for social events and became the meaning of welcome, friendship and hospitality. That's amazing. I'm going to start giving people pineapples all year round. People will think I'm really rich and friendly and hospitable and it's just, it, it, it makes sense. Either that or you'll just look like a really crazy person carrying around a backpack full of pineapples at all times. Listen, but- I'm into it. <laughs> but there you go. Um, the surprisingly enormous history of the pineapple condensed into as short a time as possible. That's so crazy. So it kind of all bows down to this status symbol. And that's why that's why it's the fruit of hospitality because it was the ultimate hospitable symbol because it was this kind of rare and amazing thing and everybody wanted it. That is super interesting. And you know what? Pineapples are absolutely delicious. They are delicious. So, so delicious. 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 So yeah, Christopher Columbus discovered the pineapple, kickstarted a big thing and then... The world went crazy for them. That is absolutely insane. Marcus, mm-hmm. do we have time for any pineapple facts? We do. Um, I've got some killer facts. Do you want to read out the first one? Sure. So, pineapples are the only known producer of the enzyme bromelain, which dissolves protein. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever eaten pineapple and your mouth feels kind of sore or numb afterwards? Yeah. That's because the pineapple is literally digesting the inside of your mouth. The fruit is fighting back. If you just keep eating pineapple, like your gums will bleed, your mouth... Really? Oh, it's, it's crazy. Jesus, that's not yeah. what is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, another fact. So the pineapple actually isn't a single fruit, but actually a bunch of coalesced fruitlets. <gasps> and it ripens faster upside down. Fruitlets? Fruitlets. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Two facts for the price of one. Also, I'll give you one more. Okay. 
If you were a piece of fruit, you'd be a fine apple. Well, there you have it. That is the story of where pineapples came from. And I'm so blown away by what you came up with, Marcus. I know. I mean, like, forget your private jets. Forget your stacks of cash. Forget your, your Yeezys. Forget your iPhone 10. What you want is a pineapple. People will know that you mean business if you're carrying around maybe even two pineapples. Will Lynch, thank you so much for sending in your question. We've got loads of great questions lined up, but if you, the listener, want a question answered over the course of your shower, you can get us on social media. If you're on Facebook, all you have to do is look up In The Shower With Taz and Marcus in your little search bar. If you're on Twitter, just look up at In The Shower Pod. And Taz, what's the email address? If you want to do it the old-fashioned way and send your question in via email, you can get us at intheshowerpodcast at gmail.com. We love you all. We love your questions. We love getting messages from you, so please do send them in. Taz, who are we thanking this week? As always, this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, and without you guys, it would not be possible. They're an amazing network, Ireland's only real network. They have 21 podcasts there at the moment, an amazing studio for rental. Genuinely, if it wasn't for Alan, Paddy, and Rebecca, all the guys in here, it wouldn't be possible to make this podcast. So we are really, really thankful and grateful to you. We love you guys. Another thank you goes to our amazing artwork designer, Flo Robinson. Flo, you're one of my best friends in the world. I love you. Every time I see the picture of me and Marcus in the shower, it brings me joy. Brings me joy too and reminds me to shower. (laughs) (laughs) Next week's question, Marcus. This question was asked by Dylan Jordan a long time ago. This question was asked so early that we even put it in the trailer before we released the first episode. If you listen back to our trailer, I think we mentioned five episodes that we were hoping to do and number two or three was going to be this question. So we're super excited and we feel like we are now equipped to answer it. The question is, when you're in a cinema and you've armrests on both sides, which armrest is yours? That episode is going to be out next Monday, as always, in time for your morning shower. And in the meantime, keep scrubbing. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.